All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. And, and this week on In The No Commercial, we have a very special guest, Paul Grasso from IB Property. How are you, mate? Great, Damo. Thanks for having me. Mate, thanks for coming. Always a pleasure. Um, mate, I think what we'll do is jump straight in, mate. Some interesting times out there in the marketplace and in the commercial space at the moment. It is. Mate, how are you finding things? Or actually, first of all, before before we do that, maybe give, you, give us a little bit of a rundown on you know, yourself and yep. you know, you know, your side of the commercial space and, and what you do. Okay, so I specialize in one to $50 million assets in the eastern suburbs, so metropolitan investments, that's development sites, apartment blocks, and mixed-use freehold buildings. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that for about eight years now, mm-hmm. um, mainly in the eastern suburbs, but obviously that spreads out um, over the metropolitan area, western Sydney, South Sydney, North Shore, and city markets. Mate, beautiful. Have you come up like the traditional way through resi and stuff, or have you gone straight into commercial from when you started? Like how, how did that sort of... So funny enough, actually, I started doing property valuation originally. That's what oh, I wanted to do. Yeah. And then went into the resi projects team mm. at CBRE. So I was doing off the plan sales for a bit. Long term, I knew I wanted to do commercial. I just had that sense of excitement with numbers and and whatnot, different types of assets. So went to resi projects for a year, worked hard, and then got moved over to the uh, investments and development sites team at CBRE. Mate, beautiful. Sounds like uh, very well qualified, mate, to be talking talking on the commercial side of things. So, how are you guys finding the market? I know we had a bit of a chat off off sort of Mike, and you, know, you were saying, you know, much like what we're finding from the buyer side, right? Is you know some stock levels are tight out there. How are you guys finding the the space in general? Well, look, um, I think uh, obviously it's a big shock from two years ago during COVID. Stock levels were probably the most they'd ever been commercially. Yeah. Um, so we were inundated with stock and then to come into a market like now, obviously, given the interest rate situation, um, people are very skeptical on, you know, whether they put their property on the market, whether they don't. So stock's down probably 40% from this yeah, time wow. two years ago. Um, so yeah, very tightly held, but um, stuff is definitely transacting a lot mm. of it off market, but also a couple of things on market. Yeah, right. Interesting. And why, why do you feel like, why would those, I suppose those vendors, what are they, what's the idea of an off market? Like for them, is it like, why wouldn't they bring something to the marketplace? Just because there's not enough buyers out there at the moment yep. or, you know, obviously they can get deals done through your avenues and your relationships. Yep. Like, is that, is that mainly the reason they do the off market sort of selling? Right. I think, I think a lot of the owners out, especially in the Eastern suburbs are very conservative. Mm. They don't want people knowing their business. So obviously you know, longevity, you want to put it on market, but a lot of a lot of owners out there will, will give agents a price um, just to cut the time wasting. Um, and then, you know, if you can get them their price, then they'll sell it, but if not, and also to do with marketing. A lot of people don't mm. want to spend any market money on marketing advertising. Um, so that's, that's one of the main reasons why people don't really go on market. One is because of the, obviously, don't want people knowing their business and to marketing costs associated with a campaign. Yeah, and it's, it's actually a good point, right? Because we get asked that question quite a lot from even from buyers. Like, yeah. They say, you guys say that you get access to all this off-market, but to them, they're like, why, why would somebody even want to sell off-market, right? So yeah. it's actually, it's good to understand that and understand there's those reasons that actually yeah. drive that sort of off-market, uh, I suppose, avenue. Do you, um, do you find at the moment, like when you say that the marketplace is, a lot of it's getting sold off-market, like as a percentage, what would you say is you know, getting sold through those off-market channels? It's hard to say. I mean, 
we we've had submissions out on properties and obviously waiting to hear back on them then you'd, you'd touch base with them and then some of them have ended up transacting off market but um it'd be very hard to say what percentage of them are getting transacted off market mm. um i think mainly development sites are what are getting transacted off off yeah. market mm-hmm. someone's purchased the next store and then on market or off market and then they've chipped away at the next door neighbor consolidating yeah. the site so Definitely a lot of development sites we are seeing getting transacted off market, but um, yeah. Yeah, nice, man. Awesome. And then like when we touch on like, I suppose most of the stuff that you're selling and what, what you're doing, if what type of returns are you finding you know, vendors are getting or, or buyers yeah. are, are getting out there at the moment? Okay, so you know, you've got sites, um, then you've got mixed-use buildings and you've got apartment blocks all reflect a different um yield play so unit blocks would say 2020 were transacting around three three and a half percent very tight Mm -hmm. um now they're probably transacting around the four four and a half even five percent this is in the eastern suburbs mixed use buildings were transacting around sort of four percent now you're probably looking five to five and a half percent in this market and then development sites you've got cost of construction have gone up about five grand since 2020 so they've almost doubled yeah. in that period of time. So a lot of these sites that people have purchased in 2020 don't stack up anymore because mm. construction costs have gone up, holding costs is still there, and obviously with interest rates going up. So it really squeezes these developers to A, sell the site, or B, you know, build it and build it now. Yeah, definitely, man. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a different and interesting environment, isn't it, with these interest rate rises? It is. And, you know, it it creates is. a lot of different challenges for vendors and for buyers that are yeah. looking to buy, right? So um, in regards to, like, I suppose, the, the tenant side of it, because we get a lot of inquiries around people, like, you know, looking to buy commercial property and things like that. And, you know, they're always there's a phase that we go through with them where, you know, obviously we're doing a due diligence on the tenants and stuff that's involved in these properties. From your side of things, like, and I know that's not one of your main criteria, but how do you, I suppose, determine a good tenant for you guys? Like when, um, I think you've got to look at a couple of things. You look at their track record, like where have they established themselves elsewhere, how are they doing in that specific location. That's definitely the thing you want to look for, and I guess really looking into their business idea and if it works in that specific mm-hmm. location. You've got to you've got to make sure that definitely works in that location. Otherwise, it would just be another failed business. It's true. Very true. Um, the other thing, obviously, we were chatting earlier and you were saying, you know, like there's some selling agencies out there that like to sort of just do the more churn and burn, but you have a bit more of a personalized approach and wanting to make sure that yep. everyone wins in the, in the um, I suppose, in the the sale and, and things like that. Is that been your approach sort of always? Or that's, that's how you're approached? I yeah, definitely. Building your business and your personal brand? Definitely. I think yeah. everything in life, you've got to look at the long term destination if you're looking at for the short term you're not really going to get anywhere Mm -hmm. so the way i run my business model is i want repetitive clients and to get repetitive clients you've got to do what's best in their interest not your interest so i mean right now i've had a a few properties that owners have come back to me from something i'd priced two years ago Mm. and saying hey paul do you think you can get us that price and i'll just turn around to them and say look you know with everything that's going on interest rates and stuff I, I can't do that. I just yeah. physically can't get you that It's a price. different market, right? It's different cool. market, yeah. exactly. So I think they respect that approach and your honesty and you'll find that when and if the market does improve, when you actually pick up the phone and have that conversation mm. with them, it's such an easy conversation. Hey, we spoke two years ago. 
well, we spoke a year ago. I know I told you, look, we probably can't get that price, but the market has picked up significantly mm. since then. Um, you know, let's give it a shot. We might yeah. be able to get that price. That's solid. I agree. I think that's a really good way to be doing business. Um, the other thing is, you know, obviously saying you're having a lot of conversations at the moment, much like those convos you're having. What are you finding vendors are, I suppose, some of the common questions or common things that you guys are having to chat through with people that are considering selling or on the fence? Like, is right. There... I think you've got to establish why they're selling. That's mm-hmm. always the most important, why they're selling. So eastern suburbs, especially people are selling for three re- reasons. It's um, death, family dispute, or divorce. divorce, So that's the three main reasons. Um, So in saying that, I guess you've got to establish why they're selling and pick, find out that. Then once you find out that, you got to find out what their long-term goal is Mm -hmm. with that, and just really make sure that you know they're being guided by you, and in the right direction, as well as being guided into their right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Solid, man. What are you, um, what do you, what do you think? I know you haven't got a crystal ball. No one really does, but what do you yeah. feel is going to be happening coming, you know, the rest of the remaining of the year or even coming into 2024? How do you see the marketplace and what, what are you guys, uh, yeah, I look, I, th- play out? I think the whole crystal ball thing, yeah, no one has a crystal ball. So it's, it's hard to tell. I, I think if you look back two years ago, we probably would have been never thought that'd be in this situation right now. Mm. Um, but look, I think what's happening now with interest rates and stuff, people have purchased two years ago at an asset when they were paying 1.25% on interest. Now it's gone up to 3.75. So a lot of, we are feeling the pinch mm-hmm. with some people. Um, a lot of people are holding on. Um, and I think at the back end of this year, early next year, we will see a bit of stock come to the market. A bit more stock. Yeah, yeah nice. That's what we're feeling right now. So, yeah. Cool. Mate, why don't we uh, jump into, I suppose... A deal you've done recently, unpack it a little bit and sort of we can get an understanding of you know some of the stuff that you've been Definitely, working on. Yeah. yeah. Look, I think one of my highlight deals over the past year was probably a block of four units which we saw in Bronte okay. at Busby Parade, just close to the cemetery there. Yeah. Um we took it to auction. Um part we sorry, I can keep going. So yeah. we took it to auction and uh, the vendor had, you know, told us a couple of days before the auction that her hus- uh, her father had passed away. And um, we told, we sort of said to her, look, you know, let's just go to auction, mm-hmm. but do not make a decision. We've paid the auction fees. Let's just see how it goes. So we got to the auction, passed, you know, I think 5.3 million. Um, and we just had that conversation. We said, look, not in any state of mind to make a decision, you know, take mm. the time. And we just left her alone. A year later, she came back to me and she said, poor, um, was really happy with the way you handled the auction. So... We do want to sell it, but we don't want to go on market. Right. We actually do want to transact it off market. So I pretty much said, okay, that's fine. Give us a price. So she gave me a price of $6 million. I went out to top 10 of my buyers, gave them all core. Some of them didn't like it. Some liked it. Ended up getting a contract three, mil- um, ended up getting a contract three weeks later uh, for $6 million. Yeah, right. Rocked up to a door with it. She was over the moon. Very wow. happy. So I think that's probably one of my... Definitely my favorite deals I've Man, done this year. That's great, yeah. And what did, so unpack that a little bit. What was the actual property? You said it was a block of apartments. Yeah. So okay, what was so it? Was it? it was 500 square meters situated in Bronte, had wow. a block of four units, but mm-hmm. it also had underlying development value for approval for a block of three units. So the development value sat there and the investment value sat up there. So throughout the marketing campaign, um, 
the investors on that property actually were a lot stronger than the mm. developers and that just comes back to the construction cost of the property having to the current build environment it, yeah. the current environment just didn't work as a yeah. development site whereas two years ago it would have worked as a yeah. development site when she got that approval yeah nice okay so the majority of that was so that was an investor that bought that there was an investor yeah. yep so they were a family from melbourne they just wanted to uh buy the block and um put their daughters in the block that yeah and then long term obviously develop it when you know everything comes Mate, back that's to a normal. that's a solid story it goes to show what you're saying before yep. the way you like to do business right it yep. came back to you correct because you correct. you know you, you handled the situation um way better and i suppose they were quite comfortable in letting you run the process now exactly. trying to sell it yep. that's awesome so th- um, those are the those are definitely the stories that you know sort of give you that kick and motivation so i'll just say um so mate there's what would you say to somebody who's i suppose sitting on the fence thinking about selling um you know what would what would you suggest if you know you think it's a good time to sell right now um what do you reckon i think um establish your reason and your need to sell that's very important um and i guess have a have a have a game plan long term what are you going to do with that money where are you going to put it what are you going to do to reinvest it? I think that is definitely something I would be thinking of when I'm selling. You don't just want to sell and put the money in the bank. Yeah, it's nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of buyers will, a lot of sellers will actually sell, and then they've got a backup plan. You know, they, they might be looking at an industrial property down South mm. Sydney with a six seven percent return rather than the existing three four percent return. So always have a backup plan. I think if you're looking at selling, don't just be selling. Just to sell. Just for the sake of cashing in. With yeah. No, like you said, it's so important to have that plan, Correct. right? To know what, what the next step is and essentially what... Because you've got to have that money working for you, right? Correct, At exactly. the moment, especially, you don't want to have money sitting in exactly. the bank. Um, the other thing uh, I was chatting about earlier was, you know, obviously industrial and small industrial at the moment's in, in high demand, right? Um, what are you finding in regards to like retail spaces and stuff in the metro areas and the areas that you cover? Uh, are people like or buyers for instance if you've got less buyers on those types of property because obviously retail has gone for a massive change over the last couple of years right um especially since COVID, and you know i think it's always been on a little bit of a downhill trajectory for the last three to five years right with all the online business and stuff what are you finding out there in the retail space is it still of high demand or you still well look i think uh, as you touched on with COVID, it sort of made people realize they don't need to be in an office. Mm. They don't need to be in a ground floor retail to be selling clothing. Everything's sort of gone behind mm. scenes on the internet. So, um, for example, in 2020, we'd have circa 250, 300 inquiries yeah, on a mixed-use retail building. Now, we'd probably be lucky to get about 100, 150 inquiries on that. Right. So, it's dropped off 50% inquiry levels over the past couple of years. Mm. Um, yeah, so... Mate, that's uh, and look, it's showing all the way through. Even from from our perspective, even though I, I I feel that a good retail space in the right location is still a very solid yeah. investment, yeah. Um, we're still starting to see people sort of veer away from buying those type of assets. Yeah. And on the other side of that too is the office space, right? There's a lot of talk at the moment around what's happening in the office space inside the CBD. Yeah. Um, I was looking at some stats last week. What it was saying, like in some of the buildings, you know, the the vacancy rates are like. 40 percent right like some of them is almost empty and and some of the bigger banks and people that hold a lot of those big leases are exiting those type of premises what are you guys finding in in the office space much the same well look um obviously backing on to covid long gone but um everyone was working in the city everyone got used to working at home 
what we're finding now is a lot of these offices are moving out of the city and that's due to transport yeah. um, and commitment into to and from the city. So a lot of these people, a lot of these, a lot of our clients are actually purchasing offices on the outskirts of the city, five kilometers out of the city. Mm. You've got Double Bay, Wollara, Paddington, um, just because primarily the fact people want to be close to their home. People don't want to yeah. have to commit 40 minutes into the city. People want to be able to walk to work, um, you know, ride ride a bike to work and just be at work within 10 to 15 minutes rather than the the commitment into the city mm, definitely so it's, you're right so it's it's a change in lifestyle yeah. and people being able to work from home that you know is obviously making these companies not need that size of space Correct. right and Correct. not have to pay these massive rents Correct. Uh, when their workforce is not going to essentially yeah. be there right so a lot of mate, downsizing very a lot of downsizing of office space as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. So what do you feel is going to happen in, in the future with that all that empty space? Do you think they'll turn that into resi somehow? Or I mean, there's obviously some cities out there like New York and things yeah. like that that have a lot of that, right? It's a lot of inner city yeah. living now. Um, you reckon we could be on a trend to be sort of doing that with the CBD? I think, it's it, again, it comes down to that crystal wall thing. It's, yeah. it's hard to say. Um, actually, I was walking through the city the other day and you've just gone through a couple of the, uh, the streets then. A lot of the buildings in the city actually vacant completely vacant mm. which is funny um so it's, it's hard to say i mean that they'll have to do something you can't have vacant buildings in the city of so course, i'm sure yeah. something will be done to try get people back into the city mate paul really great to chat mate uh, a pleasure and Excellent. good to understand what's happening out there in the in the commercial i suppose side of things from a selling agent right so mate thanks for joining us thanks demo absolute pleasure This is general advice and does not take into consideration your objectives, situation or needs. You should consider if this advice is suitable to you or your circumstances and please read any applicable PDS beforehand. This is a Henderson podcast production.